Hello there. Hello there. And um, welcome to the latest Sift Saker Snapshots podcast. I'm your host for this evening, Mr. Will Pinter. And with me tonight, I have Mr. Adam Tudor. Hello there. And Richard Polly. Hello there. King of the lists. So then, <laughs> our subject tonight is scum. We have, haven't been seeing a lot of scum across the board. We haven't seen a lot of scum list doing really well. There's the odd one here and there. And so basically tonight is going to see of how how can they be better? What have we seen that has been successful? And why don't we think it's been successful? I know, Adam, you've got a theory on why they've not been doing as well and some points on that. So what, what do you think? So I think initially there's the first and foremost thing for me is that scum have had a lot of uh, success in in 1.0 like we saw a lot of really powerful pieces As- Asage particularly would fit into pretty much any list Dengar was also a constant powerhouse throughout 1.0 and right off the bat those two pieces just pretty much to conventional thinking aren't as good anymore in this edition Dengar certainly was massively hit not only by the fact that the turrets are now arced but the fact that his particularly is a single arc and they really went to town on on making the dial bad, took away the things that were outrageous about it, but then they also kept going. So they took away the, the fact that it could, like it had one hard turns that were white. That, that was pretty outrageous for a ship that was supposed to turn left. It didn't turn right badly at all. So they made it turn right badly, fine. But then they also took away the white sloop. So now it doesn't turn around at all but it has a single arc, not a double arc, and the title wants to shoot forwards, and it's just a bit of a, a mess all round. So that really has taken Dengar specifically sort of out of the meta, and, and any sort of list that you just kind of go, right, throw Dengar in, see what happens from there. They just aren't around anymore. Yeah, no, that, that's a good point. And, and one you make on a Sarge, I know Force users get highly costed, but I feel a Sarge is too overcosted to even contemplate her in a list. You know, I mean, I, I had, like you say, contracted Scout and Asage in 1.0, and it worked really well. I know, like, like Twiggy, he was, and Tom Reed had really good success with double casters, and you can't really see them in the lists. What were you going to say, something there, Rich? Yeah, I was just thinking it's it's worth pointing out that there are you know issues with hangover with people flying or wanting to fly similar lists that they flew in in version one um but it's it's worth remembering that for the first three or four months of of version two x-wing scum were pretty dominant they were dominant with a different archetype than we were used to seeing in version one but um our mate dan slob won nerf herder with four horsemen the other people who went undefeated in swiss in in nerf herder were flying four horsemen and it wasn't until the the payload and forlorn points increases that that squad became like whatever it was 230 points so you know scum were definitely viable until the first round of points changes so you know we've said before you know caveat everything with depending on points so talk about new stuff depending on points is it good we don't know um talk about old stuff is it going to be good soon depending on points maybe um so uh, you know there's there is an awful lot of really good powerful solid stuff in scum it's just that at the minute you can't seem to make a viable list out of it, or certainly it's difficult. Yeah, I, I feel very much like within. I mean, obviously, scum, one hundred percent. I love the faction, 
and going into separatists now, I feel that's like, well, I feel like separatist is everything scum wants to be at the moment. That's how I'm feeling. Uh, not the swarmy types, but the, the different things with the infiltrating, the blah, blah, and the new hyena bomber coming out. I think that's got like some scummy elements to it. Yeah, um, I think I agree with you on that. Well, I think we've seen the the janky stuff that the um, we talked about a couple of episodes ago, um, that the the separatists can do with you know forcing rerolls and changing dice and modifying attacker dice and defender dice and all that kind of stuff. Is the kind of stuff like that you used to see in scum lists, where you were you know shutting down other people's economy and other people's efficiency rather than trying to drive your own into your list. And I think separatists have taken that and made it a bit better. Yeah, I, th- I think that's probably why I like the faction <laughs> starting moving <laughs> people from scum. But I mean, separatists are kind of having that dual. I mean, we're not going to talk about separatists, but they're kind of having like a dual thing because they've got like a swarmy thing going. Scum is still the old scum with the janky stuff, but I feel it's in a weird. Everything is in a weird points place. Like it, everything that's good or everything that's pr- probably good can't really fit together. You've always got to give somewhere within within a list every time i make a list i feel like i've i've got to give somewhere and it and it just doesn't work yeah i think there's a a, a clear indication of of that jasper windstrom from the 186 when he flew fen um old Terok and Palob at uh coruscant or something a, a really early version two event i think he went like five one or six in Owen swiss or something ridiculous you know he absolutely battered it and he went to balmo with functionally the same list you know he went with fen Terok, and i think he took four on and he went three and three and had a good time and i think that's just indicative that the power level of the game has just moved on from that list as well so yeah i think you're right you have to cut so much stuff out of those lists that used to be really powerful to get them under 200 points that you're just not quite you're just not quite on the on the top end of the power curve anymore. Yeah. The four horsemen list that you're talking about, you know, it, it really isn't an exaggeration to say that a list that I think Dan even had a, a little bit of a bid on the four horsemen really did jump to, to two thirty. And it had a you know it had a space tug in it. They went up in points. It had uh Cavill with torps which went up and Han Gunner, who jumped eight points, you know, I mean, really, he, I think we can all agree that Han Gunner was undercosted almost to sell the Falcon. That, that's how uh, the Scum Falcon, but he, he rocketed up and now we just don't see Han Gunner anywhere because at 12 points, he's really good, but is he that good? Forlom also went up with advanced sensors and I forget what the fourth ship in, uh, Paylob. Paylob. Like all of those elements that you know, really, you looked at and went, "Really, can you fit all that in there?" Now you just, no, you just can't. Yeah. I mean, there are lists that are doing well, though. There, there is some scum lists that are, are still doing well. I know certainly the Boba Fen uh, shuttle list that many people took at, at hyperspaces and at the system open um, are still doing well only one made it through cut in system open but they are doing well but rich you found some lists uh, in australia is that right that, yeah the, well, the, there's a, a list that's been doing well in america for a while which is um, a pretty straightforward list it's four black sun assassin star vipers with crack shot it's 196 points 
they all move. Uh, I think it's three, initiative three, but because of their moving before a lot of the stuff, they've got the bendy barrel rules. They can go in really weird places and reposition in a really weird way. And there's a guy, I'm going to say, in kind of the Midwest-ish of America who's gone to a few events and, and done well with them. Um, I don't know his name, but I saw a stream of him and it was just ridiculous watching where he was putting the ships and how accurate he was being with his uh, with those barrel rolls. So he's obviously put a lot of practice into the list. But, you know, it looks like a huge amount of fun to fly. The other one which came out of Australia last weekend, which won a hyperspace trial, was two uh, Black Sun assassins with nothing on them. Fenrau with, I think, Predator or maybe Fearless. Uh, or he might have been naked. And then Captain Seavor naked. So, you know, there was very few upgrades in the list. But the, the kind of the synergies, the flanking threats, the ability to block Seavor's ability... It, it just sung together and I mean the guy I was chatting to him online and he went 6-0 his, his online name is Gadwag I don't know his real his real world name um, so there's a bit of a shout out for him but you know he, he kind of just went through Swiss not quite believing that he was beating the lists he was beating so you know 5A Wings Rebel Beef I think he beat a Decimator Whisper list you know just kind of lists that you look at and go you know this is pretty solid meta staple you know Resistance Fives things like that and he was just taking them on one at a time and just just knocking them down, and he went six and zero in Swiss, and then and then went through and won the whole thing the next day in the cut. So, you know, there's it. It doesn't seem like much of a list when you you know you talk about it when you think about it, but there's obviously something there with just how it functions. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I've seen some lists as well. There was one that won a hyperspace uh, that was done on it. We put on the Minox group the other day. Palob with elusive and Moldy Crow, fall on with elusive and advanced sensors, and then. Uh, Koshka with composure and triple zero. Now, you know, it, like you say, there's a lot less upgrades within the lists now, uh, bit, I think due to points costs. But uh, you said something before the podcast which rung quite true. Is it the fact that because Bobba and because of the points hike, is it that people haven't explored what could be good in the faction? Yeah, it's easy to to talk about points and we've in the past talked about the knee-jerk reaction that people have so you know if for example princess leia goes up from two back to eight there would be a huge knee-jerk reaction of people just jumping away from from rebels uh, well jumping away from leia um because she's gone up she might still actually be worth the eight points you might be able to find the points in in your list to keep her in but I think the knee-jerk reaction will be stronger than the actual impact of the points increase. And we've seen that multiple times. It's not whether you can afford the ships anymore. It's whether you look at it and think, mm, you know, I might be able to squeeze something better in or just, oh, that's unplayable. And it being a bit of a gut reaction. So like proton torpedoes are still really good for 12 points, but they used to be everywhere. They used to be an auto, including pretty much every list at nine. But now they're 12. It's only three points more. L- you know, literally nobody flies them. You occasionally see somebody flying a triple X wings or a trench run list with you know some sets of proton torps in, but that's it. And that seems just like a a human reaction to it rather than a, like a logical reaction to it. It'd be interesting exploring the faction and trying to figure it out because I'm sticking to two factions, so my faction will be scum and separatists. Although Jedi's, I've been turning my head. I'm I'm still trying to find a list that I'm, I I like again in scum, and that's been my problem. Do you think that's do you think that's another issue? Maybe finding that people had an archetype within Scum at the beginning and they're struggling to find that archetype again, Adam? Yeah, I think 
a lot of people really enjoyed, say, for example, the the heavy hitting bobber that we saw a lot of played early on in 2.0. You know, there was quite a song and dance about all of the buffs that the fire spray had got on, you know, having a, a native boost in a, in a game that doesn't have engine upgrade anymore uh, and also gaining the hard ones, which are just a really strong manoeuvre. But people, you know, again, have, have moved away from those sort just just bobber as a pilot. And then what we've seen here with the Koshka list is that people just haven't explored the other pilots. And yeah, the, the archetypes really of the, of the big kind of bullies that Scum had kind of aren't there anymore. They've gone back to their sort of janky roots. But this time it seems to me that for rather than in 1.0 where they got jank that actually turned out to be far better than it had any right to be, now it is actual jank that you know you need to make things fit together properly. Yeah, fair point. Rich, have you got anything to add that? No, I think I think uh, just to to kind of echo and, and and reiterate it, it's it is like people find lists that they like the style of, and then try and find other versions of that list, maybe with different named pilots and and different stuff. So you know, version one, I flew a ton of big ship, small ship, and I spent a long time at the start of version two trying to make big ship, small ship work. I, I've not gone back to it recently because I find you know big ship and two small ships, and I'm enjoying flying that at the moment. <laughs> It's it's like trying to find the archetype that works for you, that you enjoy flying, that you can fly well. So, you know, some people are great at flying eight ship lists or six ship lists and, you know, they really enjoy flying swarms. Other people just want to fly, you know, a couple of aces and a support ship or, you know, one ace and a, and a mini swarm or whatever. And, and if you can't find that in the faction that you prefer, so like, you know, if you are a two faction player, you know, I'm a three faction player at the minute, I've got Jedi resistance and rebels. If you can't find the thing that you that you want to play in your faction, you know you can look to other factions, but then obviously there's a cost associated with it. I think people may be getting a bit grumpy that there's seven factions now and they might not get to play the thing they want to do in the faction that they like. So, but I mean, I'm I'm kind of imposing my thoughts on other people there because you know people, most people do. Let's be honest, collect all seven, don't they? Yeah, as long as you haven't got three kids. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And um, I mean. When we do look at the points cost, I, w- I want to do a bit of like uh, spitballing here. Do you, do you reckon there'd be much that there is um, in Scum that they've looked at and realised, well, guess what? You know, the people aren't flying these ships. Do you think they will change the points? So FFG are getting um, TOs to send a particular type of stat back from hyperspace trials and events above that. And one of those things is faction breakdown. You know, that's a standard thing that you have to send back and say, you know, we were 64 people and half of us was Imperials and, you know, a quarter was Rebels and the rest was split between the other five factions. And, you know, if they're looking at those numbers and they're seeing globally those stats repeated where you are getting huge dominance of, of play of a single faction, then, you know, they'll they'll be looking at why that is and they'll be looking at what they need to do to bring the underrepresented factions up. So, you know, if you go to a big event and you're a First Order player, there's a real danger that you might be the only First Order player there or one of two First Order players there in like a three, 400 person event because just nobody's flying them at the moment except for people who just love that faction and, and love the way it looks or the way it flies or, you know, the, the way it appears in the movies and, and they like it or they love Kylo so they only fly him or whatever. Um, you know, and... 
people who fly the ships that they want to fly rather than the ships that are strong in the meta will always be there. But if you look at people who've got access to three or four different factions, if everybody's kind of polarizing away from one of them, as a business, FFG want people to be flying all the factions because then they sell more product. If, you know, for example, CIS turns out to be rubbish or, you know, First Order remains or, or turns out to be really bad with nothing redeemable in it, then they're not going to sell Upsilons, they're not going to sell TIE SFs, they're not going to sell TIE FOs, they're not going to sell silencers, and then they're going to have warehouses full of stock that they can't shift. So they're, you know, irrespective of game balance as a commercial organisation, they're going to do points changes so that they can shift their product and as much of it as they can because they are a business. They're taking a big risk on re-releasing the Jumpmaster because no one's flying the Jumpmaster. No one. Yeah. If they decide to like re-release the Houndstooth, no one's really going to buy the Houndstooth if it stays as it is. And I'm pretty sure the sales are down on the Z95. I guarantee it because they brought the Z95 in to the hyperspace and I've still not yet to see the Z95 on the table. I got one as a gift off a good friend, our friend Bob, and I've been trying to make a list so I can fly it because I really want to, but it's just not, not viable. Yeah, those commercial decisions astonished me. And the fact that they're re-releasing the Jumpmaster, but they're not putting anything new in the pack. Um, so, you know, it's as with everything that they've re-released, they've said, you know, this is just going to contain everything that was in the conversion kit. So if you want to own a Jumpmaster, but you didn't buy a conversion kit, here's your chance, which just seems daft because everybody already owns three um, and a conversion <laughs> kit. So, you know, it just seems odd that they've made that choice. And you're right about the Z95. That was an odd decision. It was like... You know, they put the Star Viper in. That's great. It's a great, it's a really fun ship to play with. You know, people enjoy it and it's got a big fan base of its own. So, you know, when they increased the hyperspace ship numbers, that, that seemed like a good inclusion. Um, but the Z95 was just a, a weird choice. You know, if you want to put something in that scum players love to fly, you know, stick the quad jumper in there or, you know, some something else that's actually fun and enjoyable that, you know, gets people ticking and, and makes them want to play with it. Um, not a 24-point filler ship that nobody flies anyway. To further compound the, the commercial aspects, they even released a whole new model in a paint scheme. And they, they, they did a new paint scheme for a Scum Z95, and you're thinking, who made this choice? Yeah. <laughs> who this cost you money? Because you, you're not just churning out those Z95s that were in the original Most Wanted pack. You know, These are new Z95s that you've had to put money into repainting. Who made this choice to put these ships in? Because I bet it wasn't somebody who flew the game. And yeah, they it's almost like they went, okay, here's a here's a filler ship in a faction that they'd already brought out the mining guild tie. So that it it does it is confusing. Yeah. There, there was yeah. one one brave soul at the um, Derby uh, hyperspace, and he was flying a Cath Scarlet Z95 Swarm. Oh yeah, the com- uh, I didn't play anything, but I played next to him, and I believe the Z95s had missiles. So there's somebody flying it, at least. Intimidation, the uh, Zeds. Yeah, yeah. I've seen it on the table once. It did really badly, but yeah, fair yeah. play to him. Fair play. If that's what he enjoys flying, then fair play. Right. Well, I mean, we're we're not going to be able to like completely break this down in what. <laughs> one episode um, for scum because it really does need a lot of help but we've tried our best so before we sign off i'd just like to announce that 
We won't be releasing an episode on the bank holiday Monday. A lot of the cast are away enjoying the bank holiday, but we will be back on the Tuesday covering the Atlanta Open and going down uh, some of the, the lists and things that interested us from the Atlanta Open and what we've seen. Yeah, so hopefully you'll hear from us again on Tuesday. All it is then is to say thank you and goodbye from Rich. Goodbye. Thank you, Adam. Thank you and goodbye. It's au revoir from me. Until the next time on Tuesday on the Sift Takers podcast. Sarah. Hey.